Hey all you Holly weirdos, welcome to another, yes, long-awaited, mini-sode episode of Holly Weird Paranormal Podcast. So we wanted to do something a little different since Bryce is taking a much-needed break outside of the country. So I was able to do a little impromptu interview with my friend and creator, Mark Malman. Mark Malman is a Minnesota native. He is a film composer, musician, producer, writer, and fellow creepy friend. So let's sit down with Mark as he shares with us his tales of staying in some pretty haunted hotels while touring the U.S. along with performing at some potentially haunted venues as we lightly touch on the haunted rumors of some famous music studios. We talk about ghosts, we talk about music, we talk about horror. I mean, that's all that you need, right? Music, ghosts, and horror. So why don't you light up some incense, grab that Himalayan salt lamp, you know the drill, and maybe pump up the volume of your favorite music playlists as we get Holly Weird with musician and creator Mark Maltman. Hey guys, as you heard in the intro, this is uh, going to be a mini-sode episode. As you know from our last episode, we have been slammed, to say the least, uh, with a lot of things that have been going on in our lives, and all great things, don't get us wrong. Uh, Bryce has gone back to acting, and now he's out of the country. He's in Canada, as he should be. And I'm sure, right now, he is not only thinking about us, but he's thinking about us while sitting in a Tim Hortons drinking some delicious Tim Hortons coffee. I've had it. It's freaking amazing. So I'm sure for some of our East Coast listeners or listeners from Canada, you you know that we know what's up over there. Um, and I'm sure he's probably wondering what is he going to have for dinner. It's probably poutine because I know poutine is delicious. It is carbs on top of carbs on top of dairy on top of carbs, which those things make up um, what is Bryce's DNA. So with that said, he's having a really great time. As for myself, you guys have seen Instagram. You've seen the process of my journey. Uh, my husband and I are trying to look for a house. Wonk, wonk. And yeah, that's what it feels like. It's pretty dismal. And for some of you out there who've reached out are in the same boat with me because it's just everywhere. But here in Los Angeles, it is harder. And every time there's a there's an open house, I'm like Britney Spears. It's like all eyes on me in the center of the ring, just like a circus. And we have been trying so hard to find the perfect place for us. And I know we're going to find it. It's just going to take some time. And um, if I mean, honestly, if you guys want to know the scariest thing that uh, LA has, it's definitely the housing market. Let me break it down to you in a couple of seconds in this one scary story. <clears throat> It was a dark and stormy night in Los Angeles, which is kind of odd because it's rarely dark and stormy here. It's always windy and pretty darn nice. But in this particular instance, it's a dark and stormy night and the wind was howling and the palm trees were rustling. And all of a sudden in this housing market bubble, the interest rates went up to 5%. 
gasp. And waiving all contingencies, double gasp. Yeah, that's, um, that's how it feels like right now. But on the topic of scary stories, I got to sit down with musician and content creator and writer Mark Mullman. And Mark had some pretty interesting stories based from his tours all over the U.S. with his band as they stayed in some pretty gnarly yet potentially haunted hotel rooms and had performed in some haunted venues. And then he shared a couple of stories of one particular music studio the Patchy Durham Studios in Cannon Falls, Minnesota. This studio space was the mecca of all these legendary albums that came out of there. Hell, even Nirvana's In Utero was birthed there. And it turns out that not only were there stories of these great bands that recorded there, but there are also ghost stories. So I did it a little more digging, and it turns out that on a little podcast by the name of The Current Rewind, I found an episode transcript. It's episode two called The Patchy Durham Studio. So in one of their interviews between host Andreas Winson and famed drummer of the punk rock band Babes in Toyland, Lori Barbaro, Lori goes on to state in the interview that she stayed in a haunted room in the Patchy Durham Studios. And this is what she stated. So you could just stay there and eat there, referring to the studio. You didn't really have to leave unless you wanted to get out of there. I don't even think we had a manager at the time. It could have been Tim Carr or our A&R guy. And he knows everything about everything. And so I'm guessing maybe it was him because we were talking with Lee Ronaldo and having somewhere else where instead of going somewhere and staying in a hotel every night somewhere, you just get the whole kit and caboodle. It was really super cool, except for my room was haunted. Then Lori continues stating, I took the one room that was away from everyone else's, and it was in a corner of the house. You go by there, and the temperature was always 20 degrees colder, and it was completely haunted. Like, I could feel, sometimes when I was laying there, I could feel it go through me, like whoosh. I don't know if you've ever experienced anything crazy like that, like spirit going through you or something. I just would think it's all right. It's cool. As long as you don't do anything, I don't really know what it was. But everyone said, oh my goodness, you could feel it. And then Nirvana recorded there and I was sitting in the living room with them, telling them the whole story. We were sitting there and they're like, oh yeah, sure, right, whatever. And one of the chairs that was next to the pool just went flying into the pool. They thought that I was doing something because I started laughing because it was like, thanks for the props. It was just one of the chairs that was next to the pool. It was indoors. It just went plop, end quote. And what a coincidence that the drummer of Nirvana, Dave Grohl, will then later own a house in Los Angeles that he claimed was haunted. Not only that, he worked out of a recording studio, too, that was also haunted. So all of those experiences definitely inspired him to write that horror film that he starred in with the rest of his band, Studio 666, which I highly recommend that you watch. And not to mention me, Taylor Hawkins of the Foo Fighters, Rust in Peace. And now, without further ado, here's my little impromptu interview with musician, writer, producer, Mark 
Maltman. And please disregard any outside noise pollution. We actually had this little interview in my car. And even with the windows up, we still couldn't escape one of the main and popular noises that surround Los Angeles. Aside from it being the police sirens, it is the quintessential leaf blower. So please disregard that noise. We couldn't control it. Um, but we hope that you do enjoy this little mini sode interview. He's wonderful. So without further ado, let's get Holly Weird with musician, writer, and producer, Mark Malman. So hey, Mark, share with me your crazy ghost stories. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if I would... You know, I kind of believe that if it's really sensational and exciting, it's probably not really true. So I like my stories might not seem that exciting, but that's more proof that they're real. So, hey, you know, I'm just I've been thinking as we've been talking about, you know, I toured America for 10 years and obviously um, a lot of it was just roadhouses. I mean, like six months a year, we would go out and just hit the bars of the country. And, uh, of course, I come from Minneapolis where we have a famed rock and roll ghost that haunts the basement of the First Avenue nightclub, which Prince used to own. I don't know if you knew that. but uh, I had no idea yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it Prince? No, no, it was before Prince. It used to be a bus station. Oh, wow. And so staff members and um, in the basement, people have seen it. And, and just it's pretty commonplace in, in uh, Minneapolis that it's haunted. I have never encountered uh that ghost uh one time there is a hotel and you probably know this a haunted hotel in flagstaff arizona called the hotel monte vista yes yes so i have a drummer aaron and he grew up on a farm and he's a he's one time we laid down to sleep and i said are you are you worried about tomorrow you're worried about the show tomorrow and he said mark when it's time to go to sleep i close my eyes and i go to sleep i don't waste my time thinking (laughs) <laughs> so he's like a farm Minnesota farm boy. And we I didn't know that the Monte Vista was haunted and we were on a tour and they have a cool lounge. It kind of looks like the red room from um from Twin Peaks. Yeah. And they 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 said, you know, well my agents like, "Well, you guys get a free room." And for us that's great because sometimes we would sleep on floors. This was maybe 2006. And uh so we get to the Monte Vista, we load in and the the person who set us up said yeah go to the front desk they got the key to the band room right <laughs> figures they put the band in the haunted room they do. so There's always a catch <laughs> i know right so he gives us the key and and we walk we walk down to the um down the hallway to this room in this historic hotel and we open the and it's it's not even a hotel room it's just like a a room with kind of a damp smell and four bunk beds right mm-hmm. <laughs> and I look at my drummer and he goes, I'm not staying here. And I said, <laughs> this is the guy that when we sat on the edge of the Grand Canyon together, he said, that's a pretty big hole. <laughs> so he's just like very, very serious about everything. Mm-hmm. He's a funny guy, funny guy. But he said, I'm not staying here. And I said, why? I said, I don't know why. He'd never, ever done anything like that. I don't know why, but I'm not staying in this room. So we ended up staying with a friend that night and then... I went online and I researched and the dang hotel is haunted. And he was, he was psychically spot on because I didn't feel it. It was a creepy vibe in there, but But you know, you guys didn't see anything or, or sense anything, but you definitely felt like the room was off, huh? 
you know, it's weird because it was cre it was creepy in that room, but it was creepy in a way that like you would your brain would like say, well, of course I think it's haunted. This room is kind of creepy, mm-hmm. you know. And it definitely wasn't dressed up by the hotel to be creepy. It was just like, look, if there's a room we're going to throw the bands in, let's throw them in that dingy room. So I don't know the extent of the haunting of that hotel because I've never. I don't know that. I have stayed in other haunted hotels, like the uh, in the in Red Wing, Minnesota. There's a St. James Hotel, and then oh, that one has a lot of activity. That one I've heard many accounts and stories about. Yeah, um, most recently I went to stay there, and uh, I they were under new management, and I said, you know, what's the ghost stuff? And the woman behind the front desk said, well, we're not allowed to talk about it anymore. A lot of yeah, establishments are like that. There, uh, I know the Driscolls like that as well. Oh, they prevent their their workers from sharing any of their experiences or ghost stories with the public. The Driscoll is so beautiful. It is. Uh, it's a beautiful hotel. This this. Um, this hotel, the St. James in Red Wing, do you know some of the reasons why it's haunted? Or I do? Uh, I can't remember. I wasn't sure if I could be wrong. I could be wrong at this, but at the St. James, wasn't there like a match or a game that went horribly wrong and ended up someone dying from a gunshot wound? Could oh, that wow. be it? That could have happened. Mm-hmm. Um, it, the, there, are, there was a, in the 1800s, there was, uh, there's a, where the, the Mississippi goes down and divides Wisconsin and, and mm-hmm. Minnesota, it gets so wide at one point that it becomes a lake. There's oh, no wow. current anymore. And it becomes something called Lake Pepin. And uh, there was a ferry that would take workers from Lake Pepin, the city, uh, or Lake City, uh, it's called to, I don't know, maybe some factory or something like that. I don't know. It was, it was I don't really know how, why, but it capsized. And 80 people died. Mm. And they needed somewhere to store the bodies. And the St. James was the coldest basement oh they could God. find. So they stored the bodies there for people to, I don't know, to get them or yeah, what. to identify them. So that's yeah. one of the lore. I don't know if that would make ghosts hang out there. But the main ghost, they said, is in a specific room. And it's this the woman who ran the hotel mm-hmm. who gave birth to five kids in there. And they said, the the worker at the front desk said to me that she, uh, the, the old manager is very picky about the Christmas tree. And if... Um, she doesn't like the ornaments or whatever. They fall off. Oh, lot. wow. Mm-hmm. And then there's other story of a floating head in the basement. Oh, so, perfect. <laughs> I don't know. Isn't that every basement? That's every basement. There's a fl- Is that a floating head? Yeah. You just ignore <laughs> it. It just doesn't bother you. You get used to it. <laughs> the other uh, ghost actual, you know, I don't know if... Um, so there was... Um, a, a record label in Minneapolis in the 80s and 90s, and it was called Twin Tone Records, and they put out the replacements, and cool. they put out a lot of like Minnesota indie stuff, I believe the suburbs, and I'm from Minneapolis, so uh, I know a lot about this label. And, and then eventually um, they moved into, um, now what is it, in, is it a funeral home where they have, they burn bodies? Yes, it could be a funeral home. I know that they do, okay. like... It, so, uh, so they moved into what would be a decommissioned funeral home, and they moved all their offices. So it was this cool building, old building, mm-hmm. and it had, like, the a drive-through, you know, area for the hearse to park, and then... and And it had a room with the big furnace in it, 
and uh, I think, and and there were uh, lots of record labels in there, and Twin Town, it was called the Twin Tone Building, and um, that that was the main big label, and then Lori Barbero of uh, Babes in Toyland had a label called Spanish Fly, and it was in there, and Restless Records, it did it like metal and stuff, and so one um, one night there was this booking agent and me, and we were partying upstairs, and oh, the offices no. were closed, and and um, upstairs there wasn't offices; it was just kind of storage. And we were just partying, and I got this like really weird feeling, and I started getting scared because your yeah, spidey we, senses were going yeah. off the radar. Maybe, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe. Um, and this is a really anticlimactic story. <laughs> um, <laughs> But then uh, we we heard, like, coming from a certain area, I heard a slam. And it was, oh, wow. like, 3 or 4 a.m. And I heard, like, a slam, like a door, something falling. And I said, is somebody else in here? And he said, no, it's just us. And he said, but it was a funeral home at one time. And I was like, well, dude, what are we doing in here? And then the last one I'll tell you. It, it, it been on the road many times, and and the, the Hotel Monte Vista was the only time. You know, I've toured the Winchester Mystery House and things like that, and we don't encounter anything. But um, I was living in a suburban house in Minnesota, and I was touring a lot, so I didn't. I was living with my manager in a room in his house, and one day he he comes home and he said, "Hey, I got a job in Chicago. I'm selling the house. You got to move out as soon as you can." Well, I knew this guy who had bought a church. And I called him and I said, hey, did you did you remodel that church? And he said, yeah, yeah, I did. And I said, do you have any rooms in it? And he said, well, the basement. And I said, great, that's great. The basement sounds great. And so I go there and I check it out. And it's like, it's okay, tricked out. There's a lot of areas that have not been tricked out. But I didn't even think about it. So <laughs> I grabbed my stuff that night. And I'm like, this is going to be so cool. He put a hot tub in there. He put like a movie theater in there. It was awesome. And I move all my stuff in, and then two in the morning rolls around, and I'm laying in my bed, and I'm like, holy, I am now sleeping in the basement of an old church from the 1800s. This is scary as crap. And I never, I, I never had anything happen until about after a year down there people would be like how can you <laughs> sleep down here this is scary but this is a time in my life where i had a giant painting of cthulhu over my bed you know i would like <laughs> watch exorcist by myself in the basement of a church and i would get off on it one night the door to my bedroom just started going <gasps> no yeah so mm-hmm. the doorknob to your to your rooms just start jiggling like it just like, like somebody story. was trying to mm-hmm. come in mm-hmm. And, I mean, could you find out, like, what could have been the source behind it? Or have you heard anything about maybe other stories of people who have gone through the same episode? Okay, so there's more to this story. I I had someone who claimed to be psychic who said, there's no ghosts in this. And there was one thing I didn't tell you about the jiggling of the doorknob. It was April 20th. It was 420. So... (laughs) So that might have played into it. Could have been like someone had one too many edibles. (laughs) Mark? It might have have been that. I distinctly remember the door handle going. I remember that. 
but it was 420. It's probably a ghost wanting to like to jam with you. you know? I don't know. Do you have any more edibles, dude? I, <laughs> Let me in. <laughs> I had been drinking and the person that I was with did not hear it. So, oh boy. So, so that's like, you know, that's my least, that's my most fallible ghost story that I own, which is that one's probably can be proven pretty quickly to be just my mind, Mm -hmm. you know, but I can't, I can't say that my drummer's mind was, was off when he said, I'm not staying in this room in this hotel in in Arizona. So I think that one was a bad vibe. That's probably the extent of my paranormal stories. (laughs) sucked me dry what has anyone ever experienced um anything in the basement of that venue that you um you played in in uh minneapolis sure that first avenue Mm -hmm. yeah has anyone had like a story they shared with you that was like out of this world there's a lot of stories which one was the one that really stuck with you um i don't i can't say that you know it has become so storied in my city mm-hmm. that you hear stuff and you don't know, is this the telephone game? Is this a story that was built upon a story that was built upon a story? Mm-hmm. So it's a woman and people have seen her in the bathroom and they have someone I think has seen her walking down the stairs. It's pretty easy. It's oh, on yeah. a lot of like Minnesota's most haunted. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of accounts of what people have seen, but you often wonder like, you know, I mean, the good thing about being a ghost in a in a, in the biggest nightclub in the city is you get to see every show. You, that is that okay? No cap on that one, but that has got to be like the coolest yeah. situation. You can float above the audience. You got the best spot, right, for Iggy Pop, and oh, you're my God. you know, but you don't have to wait in the lines of the restroom. <laughs> <laughs> but it it it, I think mostly the staff has been. You know, and again, it's not like something where anyone was was hassled. They just see something or they feel something. But the basement is obviously where the least amount of energy. You'd you'd think, I mean, wouldn't you think that a ghost would have to be pretty strong to manifest in a place that has that much volume? Um, When I think of venues like that, especially like theaters and like you mentioned, roadhouses and also venues. There's so many people coming in and out of there. So they're bringing so much energy. And then I had also this discussion with another musician who said, you know, us musicians, we're very spiritual. Like we're very open because we're so creative. We're coming up with these lyrics. We're covering up with these hooks. And that is something very spiritual to a lot of us. So when we get to manifest that on stage... That could combinate so many things or attract certain energies or possibly entities in that case. Yeah. You know, there's uh, uh, the the studio in Cannon Falls, Minnesota, Pachyderm Recording Studios, mm-hmm. where Nirvana recorded In Utero, oh, is wow. haunted. I don't know if you know that or not. No, I did not. Yeah. I, I Let's know. talk about that. I don't have any experience uh, directly. I've been there. I know the designer of the studio and I know many people who've recorded there. I don't have any, you know, I don't want to like, it's a great recording studio. It's top of the line studio. I I mean, in utero was recorded there and a lot of uh, other really great albums were recorded at the studio. It's beautiful. And the drum room is great. The piano room is great. So I don't want to like, these are my coworkers. Mm -hmm. So I guess I would rather say the stuff that I know off mic 
you know, because I don't want to. Oh, I, I see. Wanna, yeah. Out of respect, yeah. I, I, yeah, I respect but that. But then, you know, the other thing is, you know, with musicians, uh, we party a lot. You know, I'm sober yeah. now, but I have partied a lot in my life. Mm-hmm. And so you never really know, <laughs> you know, it's not a clear visual of what what the what the spirit did. But I will say that there's an indoor pool there. And I've heard that that's where most of the stuff happens over the indoor pool in there. Very interesting. And I've heard it's not friendly or nice. <gasps> yeah. Have there been accidents in that pool? I, you know, I don't know the history of the house. Oh, okay. It was a house and they well, turned there you it into go. A, yeah, they turned it into a recording studio and it's beautiful. You know, a lot of those big recording studios have a house adjacent so that if, like Nirvana, they, for that album, they flew in and they stayed in the house and then they recorded in the studio and then you don't have to go far. And that was the idea behind it. It's kind of like a, a retreat studio that bands can go and just focus on their album. Right. Um, so interested to know if any of the members had an experience. I know, like, Dave Grohl, like, he had, I think, an experience. Could have been there, maybe, if I remember. But he does share an experience of the supernatural, the paranormal, in regards to a recording studio. I don't know if it was there or possibly here in North Hollywood. Because I know he recorded here with them, too, at one point. Is oh, right? okay, yeah. Could have been, but I have to look into it. Yeah, that would be. I mean, I could do that too on my on my. We could both combine forces on that for rock and roll ghosts. Yeah, rock and roll ghosts on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> I but it. I will say, like, I think that like when you play music, since there's like you you know some people say um, you don't play the instrument, you are the instrument. And a lot of times, you know, you learn your skill, how to improvise, you learn your skill, you know, the scales, you know, how your instrument plays. But then when it's time to really solo and do a performance, you can't always say where that came from. Mm -hmm. And that's why there is music, because there are some things we can't express with words. So there is definitely something that draws musicians. And that's why you see musicians being so laid back, because we're just kind of like... Hey, man, some things you can't explain. Like, I can't explain the melody I just played. Right. I can't tell you why it was so, so, like, beautiful to me and, and why people resonated with it. But it just happened. And, and it's coming from a place that you don't spend time um, analyzing. It's just you're playing a saxophone and it's beautiful. And so I can see that where musicians might be a little more open we were talking earlier if those who believe in demons see demons and i suppose on a positive angle for that uh, artists and musicians and creative like we train ourselves to close our eyes and see something you know when you're a creative person you have an idea for something and you bring it into the world right. and where does that idea come from you know right the other space mark tell us about your second book that's coming out so our <laughs> listeners know where to find it, know when to wait for it, uh-huh. and what your intention of it is. Like, what's behind the whole book? Well, I, I wrote a book. Now, this isn't very paranormal. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I could change the premise of my whole book to be about ghosts. Uh, it's about ghost bank robbers. <laughs> <laughs> but I think in a lot of ways, it could be like linked to ghosts in a different sense, like ghosts of our pasts ghosts of whatever we're going through yeah i actually this uh my first book is about processing uh trauma 
with happy music and listening to happy music yes. to help you to help me deal with the death of my mother. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there is a I do have a psychic reading in that book. And in this book, it lies heavily on like um, a Ouija board. And uh, my books are based on truth. So the I journal about what's happening. And um, in this book, it was uh, trying to get over a breakup and and desperate times. Is so I, I was doing things like I, I can't get an answer. I can't figure something out. So we use the Ouija board. And there were a lot of metaphors coming out of um, The Exorcist and Poltergeist. And, and, and so, but really what this book, next book will come out in 2024, but The Happiness Playlist is already out. And it's a good book, by the way. I highly recommend that you guys read it. I'll be posting it on our social media. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, what I'm writing about is kind of the opposite of what we're talking about in with horror films. We're using the horror film to easily process something that's complex to process through a metaphor. Well, thank you so much, Mark, for sitting down and talking about music, haunted music, haunted musical venues and studios along with your book and horror yeah what a great a great little list and a moosh moosh of collections right there (laughs) and thanks for having me in i gotta say your studio is wonderful thank you it's in the car guys we're in (laughs) in my car in old town burbank i just took mark to the mystic museum the bearded ladies mystic museum and camp horror and we tried to go to Halloween Town, but it was closed. So they're closed Wednesday through Saturday. No, they're open Wednesday through Saturday. They're closed Monday through Tuesday, unfortunately. And then we visited the vacuum store where I encountered the ghost of Frank. So there you have it. We it got was a little, lovely day. It was a very lovely day. And you're a lovely friend. Thank, Thank you so you. much, Mark. Thank you. Where can people find you on their on, on social media? I'm lucky. I, I beat all the other Mark Malmans in the world. Woo-hoo! Every time a new social comes out, I get there before the other Mark Malmans. Hell yes. There's one in Australia, and I'm sorry, Mark. But <laughs> I just M-A-R-K-M-A-L-L-M-A-N on every social you can think of. Yes, we'll be tagging him on our socials, guys. You can follow him at Mark Malman on TikTok as well. He does some amazing TikToks in regards to songs and musicians. And it's just so beautiful. The messages that you have within those TikToks are absolutely beautiful and it's perfection thank you you're very welcome all right guys always remember to stay well and stay holly weird